0: He's got two cups, and that's a lot. Andre Palat. Hey.
1: <laughs> he breaks laws, and maybe Jaws. Kicking them in net, Nico Dawes. Let's go, baby. Woo! Let's go, boys. Have a good one. Enjoy the moment.
0: Uh, Welcome, everybody, to another edition of The Drop. That was P.K. Subban in the locker room for the Devils, hyping them up before the first stadium series game between the Devils and the Flyers. And, of course, we are coming up live right now after the second stadium series game between the Rangers and the Islanders. Wish is at MetLife Stadium. Buddy, what a great two days. (laughs)
1: It's been awesome. I mean, the amount of people they jammed into this place for two outdoor games. And, and, and they're, both the games were fun in their own ways. But mostly, Arda, what a celebration of hockey in the in the metropolitan area, man. The Devils get their moment to themselves uh, against the Flyers. A big celebration of Jersey. And then the reigniting of the Islanders-Rangers rivalry uh, in such a spectacular overtime way in this game. A fantastic weekend for the NHL. A fantastic weekend for outdoor hockey. And a fantastic weekend for for New York hockey.
0: Over 150,000 people to Wishes Point witnessed great quality hockey at MetLife Stadium, and let's take you through it. If you're watching us on video right now, you'll see the highlights and audio. Well, I'll describe them the best I can. The Rangers and the Islanders. Hey, look who's there. Mark Messier, Brian Trache, the ceremonial puck drop. I love that Mess mentioned he got booed by 70,000 people in the Devils game, but then cheered, so he netted out at zero. We'll take you into the third period <laughs> this was Alexander Romanov Dobson takes a shot Romanov is there to clean it all up and the Islanders lead 5 to 3 it looked like they were in cruise control for the remainder of the game but then the Islanders woke right up empty net power play and they took advantage Artemi Panarin throws the puck into the net through traffic scores the Rangers cut the Islanders lead to one and later in the third it's the same score another Rangers power play late in the third period and there's Mika Zibanejad number 93 in your programs at the doorstep and he ties the game with 90 seconds to go to send this one to overtime what incredible drama in this one Ray Ferraro mentioned it on the broadcast whenever these two teams get together it always seems to be magic and this was at first confusing the Rangers fans were celebrating this was only 10 seconds into overtime but our referee rules analyst Dave Jackson described it perfectly Panarin was already in the motion of shooting the puck as the net went off of its moorings so that's why the goal stood but my goodness wish what a great game and it was a blitz early for the Islanders but then the Rangers rallied back and won the game.
1: Yeah, and let's focus on that that goal for a second because it was an odd way for the game to end. The Rangers celebrating their fans, celebrating the Islanders not leaving their bench quite yet. I asked Dave Jackson for the full explanation and he said, if the goal is dislodged by the defensive team, whether in- t- intentionally or accidentally, and there is an imminent scoring chance, that's the real key, that as long as the puck passes between where the goalpost should have been, it's a good goal. So, for example, before the puck crossed the line, uh, his teammate had knocked it in, it would have been no goal because the net was already dislodged. The way it worked out, it was a good goal. A wild way to end a wild game, Arda, but a, uh, a Rangers victory nonetheless.
0: Yeah, certainly the Rangers very happy to pick up the overtime point here. The Islanders definitely needed it more than the Rangers. This was almost a must win situation for them, Wish, as they battle in these wild card standings.
1: Yeah, it was, and, and you got to give the honors credit. They came out like a house on fire tonight, man. You know, they they, they blitzed the Rangers early. They got on the board. They got to Shachirkin early. They made a real statement early on in this game, but then the Rangers mount their comeback gradually, better and better as the game goes on, and... Give them credit, man. They, they pulled out a hell of a win here at, at Medlife Stadium.
0: So before we show the highlights of the Devils and Flyers game, I'd love since you were there for both games, how did the atmospheres compare? There was only about, what, like eight or 9,000 fan difference, right? How did the atmospheres compare between yeah. the Saturday game and this game?
1: Well, remember on the capacity, they, they uh, kept a bunch of sections open last night for the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> The Jonas Brothers stage was set up in, in 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 near the lower bowl of the of the stadium and those sections behind the stage were left open because they didn't want uh, Devils fans to be lit on fire by the pyro that the Jonas Brothers were using so the capacity probably could have been even higher than uh, last night than it was. Um, you know different different atmospheres. You know the Devils I think probably were about 85 15 as far as the percentages go in fans. Rangers today probably 65 35 for the Islanders. Uh, Last night, it was really, really cold. Today, it was really, really cold and also really, really windy, which I think played into it a a lot as well. But, you know, it was a house divided today. uh, A really good atmosphere. The Islanders fans obviously had a a bit of a chance to party. And then also, obviously, Art of the other big difference last night under the lights today, a little bit of delay because of sun glare. And they still had to deal with that in the shadows a little bit when the when the game started. So, you know, again, what made the weekend cool was it was two good games, and uh, they couldn't have been a, more different than, uh, than they were.
0: Now, you raise a good point there. I just want to give a shout out to Braylon Breeze, NHL Zone, for bringing this up on social media as well. I loved the idea that we got two different looking Stadium Series games a night game and then an afternoon game because it really showed different things off, especially the accoutrement that was around the ice. What, what exactly, like, we saw bits and pieces of it. We saw sort of like a park vibe, uh, but like, what else was out
1: there? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, the, the weirdest, look it, I love the stadium series because it is the uh, opportunity for the NHL to let its freak flag fly. Remember, the first time we ever really saw an outdoor game that got weird, it was a stadium series game. It was Dodger Stadium when Kiss was there, and there was pyro <laughs> and palm trees and volleyball players. So in this one, again, I can't knock it because I like the weird stuff. That being said, Arta, a New Jersey park where people are walking around with hula hoops. There's a popcorn vendor. Oh, and by the way, a guy riding around on a bike in a Marc Messier jersey (laughs) in a New Jersey park. A little bit weird, but the dogs, Arda, the dogs were very cute.
0: Yes, they were. And in your video uh, where you caught Gritty running out uh, and NJ Devil with his, we we went streaking again. There were golden retrievers that were sort of following along. I loved that. The dogs were like, what's going on here? And they were sort of like tracking what was happening. It was absolutely wonderful. uh,
1: Again, what's really funny about the stadium series here in Jersey, they really leaned into the Garden State thing, right? Like it was green grass and parkland and leaning into it which is funny because usually they're trying to make it look all wintry, right? They like import snow. The irony being it actually snowed <laughs> the night before the Devils game. So they had snow packed up against the walls here, even though they didn't even expect to have it. And it's just like one of those little stadium series quirks.
0: All right, let's we talked about the Sunday game, a big overtime win for the New York Rangers. What about Saturday night? The Devils, the Flyers. Take a look at this time lapse of MetLife Stadium. Uh, they really dressed it up, Garden State, and I love that the players showed up and showed out during their entrances in this one. Rocky versus <laughs> the Sopranos. You love to see it. The Devils <clears throat> took an early lead thanks to Nico Hischier. Breakaway for the captain. He scores early on. Yeah, but he, go ahead. Wish.
1: No, I was just saying it was an incredible goal.
0: It really was. Uh, then we will move on to the second period the Devils lead by two Nathan Bastian rips a shot past the glove and scores Bastian paying uh, homage to the New York Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito with that cell you love to see it. he was there on Sunday He recorded some promos for us some videos for us at ESPN ABC as well But uh, that was really cool into the third period the Devils up two. Nico He gets the puck in the slot and he will fire it home He actually had the puck on his stick for his first ever NHL hat trick. He could not get there But nevertheless it didn't matter I love those handshakes at the end of a marquee game like this. The New Jersey Devils win by a final score of six to three. Why don't we start with the name Nico wish? Because you had Nico Heesher, the captain with a big game. You also had Nico Dawes in net. So give us your thoughts on both Nico's in this game, but also for the Devils moving forward.
1: Well, it's just a great moment for Nico Heesher. I mean, he's obviously been with the Devils for a long time. This is the first big real celebration of the franchise that I think he's been a part of in this outdoor game. And he rose to the occasion. Look, this is a critical game for the Devils. As Nico Heischer said, it's a four-point swing for them, playing a team that they're chasing in the standings. So for him to really assert himself in this game and have the game that he had uh, was really an important thing. As for Nico Dawes, look, the Devils are wringing their hands trying to figure out what the solution and goal is. It might be Nico Dawes. I mean, this guy has played incredibly well in his last four or five starts. I had an amazing game in that stadium series game, really gave them everything they needed. The Devils and us, the observers from the outside of the organization, have different views on their goaltending. We're like, why are they trading for Jacob Barkstrom? The Devils are like, we're looking at other guys, but we really like the guys in our organization, Nico Dawes being one of them. So perhaps the solution in Goal Arda comes from inside the organization.
0: And honestly, It's going to come down to what happens, right? Like if Nico Dawes shows up and shows out during the playoffs and has this Aiden Hill-like run, everyone's going to say, wow, that was a brilliant move by the Devils. If he falls flat on his face, then they're going to say, why didn't you pick a goaltender at the deadline? It really comes (laughs) down to performance and hindsight being 20-20. But what do
1: you think? Do you think
0: that the Devils are still actively shopping for a goaltender? Or do you think Nico Dawes could be that goalie?
1: No, they're definitely still looking. I mean, they had their scouts at uh, recent Calgary Flames games. You know, they went down the road pretty far on on Jacob Markstrom. The deal didn't come together for whatever reason. They're, they're still obviously looking outside the organization to see what's there. But like I've said to you many times, Zarda, I think for the Devils, this is a marathon, not a sprint. They know the age of their core. They know they've played most of the season without their best defenseman. They understand that, you know, they can – They can take this season on its own terms and not overreact to it and then maybe readdress it in the summer. But two things real quick on this game. Nate Bastian had a great line about you don't expect a guy who scores a goal every 15 games to be game planning his goal celebration. But lo and behold, that's exactly what he did and went viral. I mean, when is the last time you saw someone like Nate Bastian go viral for a goal celebration? Then finally, to my friends in Philadelphia – Let's let's just be clear on this. Let's get it out of the way once and for all. Rocky lost the fight. Rocky wow. lost the fight. Stop trying to do this. Don't show up as Rocky. You're going to lose the fight.
0: Unbelievable. How dare you? Okay. I take Rocky over the Sopranos. That might be a controversial take because the Sopranos is one of the greatest shows ever, but I take Rocky overall start to finish. Over the Sopranos. Yeah, I said it. Look no further than the ending. We're not going to fade to black abruptly on this show. We're going to keep going. One thing I do want to mention, speaking of viral, before we get to winners and losers, Matt Rempe not only set the record for first NHL player to have his first NHL game in an outdoor game. He had the rookie lap. I love that they honored that. But wish... He could have been also, if he didn't play any more in that game, he could have been the first player ever to have zero time on ice with a five-minute penalty. Like, right as the puck, before the puck drops, he's dropping the gloves. You love to see it, making new fans.
1: We should have seen it. We should have read the signs, Arda, when we talked to him on Friday after the Rangers skate, and we talked about him maybe playing in this game, and he's like, look, this game is made for me. You know, it's going to be a physical game. I'm going to be juiced. I'm going to be buzzing. We should have understood that meant he's going to drop the gloves in his first shift <laughs> against Matt Martin. Held held, himself, held pretty well. I mean, it wasn't nobody got knocked down. But again, like what uh, Jimmy Vesey said, this might be the single most memorable debut for an NHL player, and he might be right. I mean, dropping the gloves, Stadium Series, almost eighty thousand fans for your first game—that was pretty dope.
0: Listen, you know what else is memorable as we get to winners and losers? Being on that ice. I should know because I had a chance to be on that ice. (laughs) Winner, me scoring a goal. Yes, I made this about me. Look at this. Connor McDavid wish. Call me Connor McTurkish. Come on, look at this.
1: I mean, five hole beauty. Awesome. I'm sure you were imagining the 80,000 strong chanting your name, Arda. What a moment for you.
0: Winner, Strong Island. Congratulations to Islanders fans. They will be hosting the 2026 All-Star Game Wish.
1: Yeah, they will, and, and that's going to be a, the all-star game that launches into the 2026 Olympics in Italy. I've been told to kind of expect a little bit more of an international flair to this one in the way it's set up, and that's going to be a lot of fun to see.
0: Yeah, that will be interesting. We talked about Matt Rempe. Here's his rookie lap. I just love that they honored this in an all, in an outdoor game.
1: Yeah, exactly, and, and by the way, no hiding for him. He's like 6'8", <laughs> <laughs> you know, skating around like a like a giraffe out there before the game. But again, what an amazing moment. His, his mom, his sisters were here to witness it. Certainly one for the uh, stadium series record book. Six eight,
0: two hundred and forty one 241 pounds. Uh, we'll get to a loser now. Giants kickers, sort of, kind of. Miku Zabanejad auditioning for the New York Giants <laughs> place kicker position. What do you think?
1: Looked pretty good. You know, I talked to him about it, and he said that he had, he's, he's tried it before. He thinks he's got a little bit of a knack for it. A lot of the Rangers showing off some football skills. de Lafreniere also punting the ball to teammates as well. So, again, Jets, Giants, if you're scouting, look no further than MSG, I think. Yeah,
0: that wasn't that bad. I don't know if I'd classify that as a loser. Uh, winner, forget about it! There's the Selly, the Tommy DeVito Selly by Nathan Bastian. <laughs>
1: And again, plan it out. It's great. He thought Tommy DeVito was going to be in the building. He wanted to kind of celebrate the lineage of one of the cult heroes of New York sports. Nate Bastian, two goals in a stadium series game, Arna.
0: who thought it? You'll love to see it. Loser just because he lost his clothes thanks to NJ Devil. Gritty's going streaking again. But I will say, Wish, I did like <laughs> the collaboration between the Frenemies. Their content was great this weekend.
1: They were. It was great, the mascots great, Gritty sunk a football into a red solo cup at one point, but man, I mean, is there no greater tradition in NHL outdoor games than Gritty getting naked at this point? I, I think not.
0: No, it's it's almost a tradition, we, we will call it a tradition at this point. It, even if the Flyers aren't playing, he's got to be involved. Uh, let's talk about the arrivals. First of all, the New York Islanders kept it classy with the suits, but did you expect anything less from the Islanders organization?
1: Killjoys. Lou Lambrillo is a killjoy. At the very least, Arda, if they didn't want to go in costume, they, would have, they should have at least worn fake mustaches in a nod to lose facial hair policy.
0: The Rangers did a great job honoring the fire department, the police department wearing their jerseys. Of course, every year they play at MSG. Here's Rocky again for the Flyers. You're saying never wear this again?
1: Never. Never again, never again. Or at least wear the red, white, and blue trunks with no shirt when Rocky was a champion in that series of films.
0: And here's the Sopranos. I will say Nico Heeshear and Jack Hughes, they look like playable characters in GTA 6.
1: <laughs> Shout out to Timo Meyer for actually having Espresso in his prop Espresso Cup as they walked into the stadium. So. Good job out of the Devils on that one, I thought.
0: So you saw the uniforms, and now let's take a listen to Flyers' Mark Stahl and the Devils' Nathan Bastion on where they came up with those ideas.
1: Know, we, we had some spitballing going on. I think, I think Lots uh, had some ideas, and then this is, this is the one we ran with. It's just the one that was like that pitcher that's kind of an like iconic Rocky pitcher when he's training, um, so we just decided to mimic that and uh, came together pretty well, I think. I don't
0: think we're allowed to wear this again next game. Uh,
1: <laughs> Too bad.
0: Uh, Nico, Nico took care of us. We, uh, as a group, we kind of decided something very Jersey-themed we wanted to be a part of, and I just showed up and everything was ready to go in my stall. So it was easy and it was a lot of fun for us. It was a big game, big event, but especially a big game uh, against a rivalry, a uh, four-point game here, and that was a huge win for us. So, uh, you know, uh, that's a team we're chasing, so uh, I think everybody was uh, ready to play, and it was all business for us here. So that'll tie a bow on the stadium series portion of our show. Last show, we talked about the 10 best defensemen in the NHL. Wish polled 10 players and 10 executives to put together a completely anonymous ranking here based on all of them, a weighted system. Here are the top five goalies, Wish.
1: Yeah, Connor Hellebuck, Andre Vasilevsky, Thatcher Demko, Igor Shchurkin, Elias Sorokin. Maybe if there is a surprise on this one, it's... Vassi over Demko, because Vassi's not been great all through the season. And then, obviously, Shachirkin has not been himself this year either. So those would be maybe the two that you'll kind of, like, side-eye a little bit in the top five. And here's six through ten. Six through ten. Yeah, six through ten. Jake Ottinger, Yuzi Saros, Jeremy Swayman, Sergey Bobrovsky, Linus Olmark. You know, the one that really sticks out for me here, Arda, is is Ottinger. Not been himself this year at all, has battled through some injuries. I I think if you stacked up the ten best goalies in the league right now, he probably would not make the top 10, and UC Soros would certainly be right on the cusp of the top 10 as well.
0: So I want to be clear, when Wish puts together these lists, again, it's 10 players (laughs) and 10 executives, (laughs) uh, and they're anonymously voting here, and then there's a waiting system. But this is the best today. It's not across their careers. It is today. So with that in mind, Wish, in your opinion, what did they get right, what did they get wrong?
1: Well, they got right, the top one. I think Connor Hellebuck has been the best goalie in the league this year. I think the analytics bear that out, and the fact that the Winnipeg Jets have been so good defensively bears that out. What did they get wrong? Where the hell's Jacob Markstrom? Oh, my God. Every single person I show this list to, where is Jacob Markstrom? This guy has killed it analytically this year, uh, right behind Hellebuck and a lot of the metrics that we use to determine the best goalies in the league. Fact of the matter is, he did not make the cut. Again, I think... There's a little bit of reputation here. He can be a bit of a roller coaster through the seasons, but I think the executives and the players had a miss here. He should definitely be in the top 10, uh, based on the way he's played this year for the Calgary Flames. And uh, I'd say I, one more also, Aiden Hill. That exactly Aiden what I was going to ask. He's Knights. right on our
0: screen right now. Yeah, no. And I just, is it just because yeah. of the number of games?
1: Yeah. I think so, and and also, let's be honest. I mean, he's still somebody who came out of nowhere and led him to the Cup last year. There's probably a little bit of still show me you can do it for a full regular season from some of the players. But both him and Markstrom, based on their play this year, deserve to be on the list. Uh, But lo and behold, they were not.
0: So we have a couple of recent examples about strong teams with not necessarily the best goaltender going into the playoffs getting the job done. In your opinion, Wish, in today's NHL, is it necessary for a team to have a top 10 goalie, dare you even say top 15, to make a strong cup run?
1: Well, I think it certainly helps. <laughs> I mean, you can ask the Tampa Bay Lightning about that. But I think what you need to win the cup in this league is someone who will not lose you a series. You want competence. The team in front of that goalie should be good enough to win. I think Vegas was the great example last year. We have two great defensemen you know, one or two or three great lines. You play really well systematically defensively. If you do that and you have a goalie that doesn't lose you a series, you should be in good shape. But obviously, Arda, if you can get yourself a top 10 goalie and also not pay him a ton of money, you're doing pretty good for yourself.
0: So before we, uh, before we go here, I also want to ask, so we did defensemen last episode, goalie this episode here. Uh, are you going to do forwards overall or by position, center and wingers?
1: No. <clears throat> we got wingers coming out Tuesday, centers coming out Thursday, I believe. And I will say that the wingers list is a little chaotic. And I will say the centers certainly will be have some points of debate. An interesting list, Arta amongst the setters for you Sydney Crosby fans.
0: Oh, interesting. So let's take a look one more time. Here is the top 10 uh, for the goaltenders. Connor Hellebuck leading the way. Ilya Sorokin, Igor Shesterkin. You saw them during the stadium series. They are buddies in real life, pushing vehicles in the offseason. They are fourth and fifth. And then, of course, six through 10, you got Jake Ottinger, Linus Allmark, Sergei Bobrovsky, Jeremy Swayman, and UC Soros. All right, last thing to talk about here on The Drop, a major event coming up for us here, Big City Greens. That'll be Saturday, March 9th, the 2nd, Big City Greens Classic. This one will be between the Boston Bruins and the Pittsburgh Penguins. We talked about the first one last season on The Drop, Wish. Well, guess what? Things have changed just a little bit because I'm in the broadcast. I made it, Wish. I did it. (laughs) I'm in. Woo! There I am.
1: I We've gone from the chicken referee to Arta Ocal. This is amazing.
0: I can't wait to interview all the players on the ice in animated form. I can't wait to be in all the different places in Time Circle. Uh, It's going to be a blast. But we thank you for watching us here on The Drop. We will be back on Friday, Wish and I, regularly Tuesdays and Fridays, wherever you get your audio podcasts as well, the NHL on ESPN YouTube. Hope you enjoyed the Stadium Series, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye.